the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Oh, thanks. Nice of you to do a podcast once in a while. Some heavy lifting there. Um, yes. So, well, that's not true. I know you're you're sort of referring to the fact that it's been a while that we've done a podcast. That's kind of the truth in that we haven't released a podcast for some time. Jeff? Okay, the truth is <laughs> on October the 9th, so this, how many weeks ago? Almost four weeks ago, we recorded episode 62 and it didn't get edited. There were some things that we were kind of, eh, is that good? Is that bad? If you can believe this, and I know you don't, we actually came to the conclusion, you know what? It might not be up to snuff. And Is that, that what we thought? Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, what I thought was, Jeff's gone to Expo. Well, so. there was that, because well, in the episode I said I wasn't going. <laughs> I know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We, so, we, we, we will get to that. But technically, we did record a full podcast. Uh, we haven't released it. We're not even going to release it to our Patreon members as an exclusive. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> we'll save that carrot for later. But it, it just, it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great episode. No, you didn't. I didn't, but <laughs> you so questioned you one of the things I said, and you're like, "Are you really going to no, say I know. that?" No, I know, and it was like quarter of the the podcast. But when you said that you weren't going to release it, I went, "Yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that," because we are all about quality podcasting here, everybody. So, welcome to the Final Round Bimble Podcast. My name is Martin. My name is Jeff. This is episode sixty-two, take two, and uh, but now we've set the standard. Now we're saying we actually care, and now. We are, if this is being released, redeeming, oh yeah, this is good stuff. What if it sucks? No one actually said that we care. Oh, that's, good point. you know, are you reading into it? We, we never said that this would still be anything more than gutter trash. People are wondering, what the hell did they say? Who did they call a cunt? <laughs> Besides each, each other. other. <laughs> uh, and will they have to play it backwards to be fooled into thinking that we said something interesting? Oh, we did do that, didn't we? Did we do the backwards we thing? We did <laughs> Yes. Now, were you able to listen to it? No. Oh, yeah. You know the trick, though. You know what we did. No, I know. But someone someone reached out to me and said, so I could be fucked reversing it. What did you say? And I went, don't worry. It's not worth it. That, it that was, was totally the joke. worth it. Buy all <laughs> kinds of joke. software. Spend big bucks to find out the secret <laughs> Easter eggs. <laughs> oh, there are no Easter speaking, eggs. There's speaking, of Easter, speaking of Easter and holidays, it's Halloween. I mean, that's giving it away what day we're recording. It's <laughs> Halloween. And the reason why I want to bring that up is that obviously, you know, we, we're recording at a certain time and it's just changed daylight savings for you. So our time was out. We're, I, I'm, I'm recording two hours later than I expected, which is completely fine. I'm on a public holiday, so I've got all day. It doesn't bother me. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is that you said, oh, I'll be there soon. I'm packing up the something outside and I'm assuming that, You've got some sort of Halloween stand outside with lollies for people trick-or-treating. Is that correct? 
lollies. What kind of shit Halloween candy is that? I mean, we had chocolate bars and chips Meth. and <laughs> fentanyl. You name it. We fucking had. <laughs> we had. Uh, there, there's none of that. I think I like Halloween more than Christmas, believe it or not. I, it was always my favorite as a child. I don't know if it was because, well, I was super poor as a kid. So getting all that candy and all free was was wonderful. And I mean, I would have like a red wagon with a pillow sack. I'd go up with a small little pumpkin trick-or-treat, get stuff, throw it in the big pillow sack in the thing. So they'd look at my empty little pumpkin. Oh, poor guy, here's a few more. <laughs> Fucking, I, I, I'm not, no exaggeration. I had candy till May one year. I mean, it was the wow. shitty candy by the end of it. It's like the crappy taffy for stuff. For sure, for sure. Oh, it's amazing I have any teeth left. Because I, I think I, I may have spoken about Halloween at some stage on one of the many podcasts that I've been on. But in Australia, it's a thing. But I didn't realize how big a thing it was until I was in the US when it was Halloween. And it is everything over there. It's pretty neat, and it depends on the neighborhood you're in. Some neighborhoods I've been into, like if you weren't doing stuff on your house, you know, you were vilified and put up the for sale sign because uh, you're not part of this community. But uh, it depends where you are. I mean, I look at our street, and I'd be like, if I'm a kid on that, eh, no. I I calculated how many how much candy per steps. Uh, you know how people, you know how much fucking, you know how people have the Fitbits. Yeah, and they, you're, that's uh, your CPS. Sure. <laughs> I've done this many steps. Uh, yeah, calculate that with candy. All right, I don't want big <laughs> driveways and every other house with the lights off, uh, unless I've got like a stack of eggs. And you're damn right, you're getting an egg if you're not giving them candy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would look at like. I don't know. I, I, townhouses were fucking gold. I love townhouses because you can go zip, 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 zip. Small, oh, yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Small massive, wartime. Massive CPS score. Wartime yep. homes. Those were those are good. The little bungalows, fucking zip, 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 zip. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I will never get to pinball, but um, one of the other <laughs> things I did at Halloween was, yep, change of costume. Because they, you know, th- that ginger coming around. Oh, do around, you go back to get some more candy with a new costume? Just a, definitely a mask or a coat or something different. Damn right. And you'd know which are the good houses. Fuck that house. Wait a minute. They got full-size yeah. chocolate bars there. I'm going there. Anyway, it is yep. Halloween here. Let's get to pinball. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've done a lot. Okay. Quickly, some recap of what we've done in the last 13 weeks since our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to mention, I did go to the UK Open and it was spectacular. And Neil McRae, I, I, we did talk a lot about on the podcast that never aired, but I do have to give a shout out because Marty, I got to tell you, I go to a lot of tournaments. That was the second best tournament I've been to in over 12 months. Indus what what made one, it so good? Oh, do you do you do you rate Indisc number one like I do? I do. Indisc I didn't is know number we'd, one. Yeah, I didn't know that we'd actually synchronized on that because it was a bit controversial when I came out and said it that I thought it was better than Pinberg. But obviously, Pinberg's not around. But Pin Pinberg was my favorite social event. My favorite tournament is has and always has been Indisc. Uh, Old Papa was pretty special too. That kind of was that was maybe the all time greatest. But um, Indisc has the the tough tournaments. They have several different tournaments. They have a lot of games. It doesn't have the biggest uh, expansion of free play area, although every year it does get better. But the games are top notch. The stream on IE Pinball, the Never Drain software with Carl, with Jim, with Bob, with Jay, with all the people do uh, Moto, all the sponsors, and uh, I, I just it's a fun, fun, fun time. And what made the UK open was 
That's Neil McRae's favorite tournament too. So he modeled as much as possible after Indisc. It was the UK version of Indisc. They had right. high stakes, two classics, big main event, great streaming, backhand pinball. Mark came from New York to do that. Uh, fuck, it was good. So good. Yeah. Yep. How many machines were there? <laughs> okay, so that's, you know, when you go to Indisc, you're like, wow, look at that. There's like 16, 18 machines in the main bank, and they've all got big screen TVs on it, and so you can see it as you're watching, which is another real cool thing about it. But uh, UK Open had more. <laughs> they had, I think they had 16 in the Classics Bank, whereas wow, most classic okay. tournaments, you're happy if there's eight. Indisc, I think there's 10, 12, maybe 14. I think this was 16, 18. In the high stakes bank, I think there were 12 and your best five games counted. So you didn't have to play this one if you didn't, if you weren't a fan of it. You could pick and choose. Oh, it was so good and top notch games. So we've actually not talked about your results in the UK Open. And it's interesting that you say um, that they've got the classics tournaments because I think one of the first times I ever met you was in the queue at Papa, the last Papa, oh. in in one of the, the classics tournaments. I think there might have been three. Yeah, maybe, there were. Like yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just remember seeing you always in the queue for classics. And I I believe, I don't know whether it's because you focus on classics, but I just think you seem to do much better in classics tournaments. That's just my observation. Results seem to agree with you. Uh, that UK Open the one classics tournament and there were 150 people there. There were Daniele Achari from Italy, Peter Anderson, former number one player, just all kinds of incredible European players. Even Levy and Greg came from the U S and they were just, it was a good time. Our good friend, Howard Dobson, uh, lots, lots oh, of fun. Yeah. Howard. Yeah. So I came in second and did you, after my last ball on Medusa, I was leading until player three, or player four, ball three. And he had a, a wicked ball to overtake me to, to win the tournament. So, I think what it is with classics, I see a lot of people poo-poo them and, oh, house ball, this, that, the, yeah, there are house balls, but usually the house balls happen on EMs and you get five balls to kind of, okay, so I had a house ball there, maybe two, you can get around it. Most EMs require a little different kinds of nudging. You have to trust your flipper skills, your, your dead bounces. Live catches aren't as big in some of the uh, classics games, so... It's amazing how many times I will, on a game like Space Shuttle, not flip and just kind of know. I don't know if it's just knowing where the bounces are and knowing. like How many times have you played a game where you see it hit a sling or a top of a sling and say, that's gone. And then maybe two seconds later, you know what's gone. Like you you know what's coming. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of can see the games a little better. And quite honestly, a lot of the classics games are maybe one or two shots where and you're not stacking and all that kind of stuff. I prefer the ones that usually don't have multi-balls, believe it or not. Okay. So a game like Space Shuttle, I don't care what flipper on. I'm going for that spinner nonstop. You lock two balls, uh, I'm not even going to get the multi-ball. Forget about it. Yeah. Um, things it's like over that. pretty quickly anyway. So I've said this jokingly, and now I'll be challenged to the task, but if my life was on the line and I had to play a game like Big Game from Stern, which has the double flippers on both sides, uh, you can't scissor because there, there's stuff in between there. I think I can do well on big game. Raymond Davidson even jokes with me all the time. <laughs> like we, we had to play in this upcoming tournament and uh, I got to pick the game. I said big game. It wasn't in the lineup, but he just laughed because he knew. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so yeah, classics were good and I might have done well in another classics. We'll get to that later. 
Mm, 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 mm. Okay, but great tournament. Well done. Oh, UK e- Open. Everybody in the UK. Yeah. Sign up for that. I'm telling you, it's a good one. Great venue too. I mean, I always like the tournaments that are, I don't have to drive anywhere. Great. It's right in the hotel. I just walk downstairs. Perfect. Those are heaven. That's what I like about Indus too. In the last, you know, this coming year in 2023 and last year in 2022 is the hotels were all right there. Remember Banning? It was a little out yeah. of the way. I mean, it was yeah. a great location because you had 350 games that went for a gabillion dollars in an auction. There was lots to do there, but it was kind of out of the way. Okay, I guess I got to rent a car, get an Uber and that kind of stuff. That was the well, only is, draw against it. Well, th- this is interesting because you were saying that, you know, Pinberg for you was the more social tournament. Yeah. And I always thought that for me, Indisc was the most social tournament, but I think and obviously, I haven't been to the new location, but I think the difference was Pinberg, you played games and you, it was competition. You had a bit of a chat. But when it was over, everybody went out to a restaurant or a bar and you had this massive social aspect. Whereas with Indisc, the social side was being in the queue, waiting for a game, talking to people. But when it was done, there wasn't really that much to do in banning. So everybody just sort of went their separate ways. Yeah, it's pretty good in Riverside. They've got this wonderful food. I came, I'm screwing up the name. It's, I want to say the food lab. Maybe that's what it's called. Eight, nine, 10 different restaurants within not even a five minute walk. Lots of hotels around there. It's heaven. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Signups have uh, already begun. So go to indisc.com. Still lots of time to register for many of the tournaments, their main event, their classics events. And even if you want a pinball profile, pre-event at the uh, Riverside Game Lab. So lots to do at Indisc in January. Awesome. So there was another show that happened recently that you went to, even though, even though, and I've still got the recording, it wasn't aired, you said, and I quote, I am not going to Expo this year because I'm a cunt. I, I quote, I quote you directly. I've got the recording. That's exactly what you said. And you said, if if I do go, then I'm a massive cunt because I said that I wouldn't go. Hmm. Oh, so what happened? Okay. So the expo <clears throat> is Thursday through Saturday, and I guess this tournament continues on to Sunday. Wednesday morning, the day before the event on Thursday, I was not going. The day before. In fact, and oh, I mean, here, put this. As another Jeff Teolis feather in the cap, Wednesday morning, I was receiving, and try not to uh, get food out of your mouth. I don't want you to choke. I was receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award for radio at this massive convention with 400 <laughs> people. I didn't know I was getting it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Lifetime Achievement in comedy. No? <laughs> oh, hell. There it is. Hey-o. Okay. We got it. In. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Who had, what time is that? Who? Yeah. <laughs> I did very well to. Who to had get so far sixteen into the minutes? You had sixteen minutes. There we go. Um, no, it wasn't. I'm hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, speaking of that, Ryan C. I actually was going to surprise you and have him come on, but that loser was like, mm. he just flew back from Western Australia. Ah, I'm too tired. I've I've got an hour mm. of sleep. Uh, you know what? Mm. I said I'm only going to ask so many times. It's been four shows in a row. You little prick. Anyway, uh, so. Wednesday morning, I was not going. I was at this convention. And then Wednesday afternoon-ish, I, I left the convention around 2 o'clock with my little ward in hand, and I came home, and my wife said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go away to a cottage with your sister for the weekend. And I'm like, oh, and I'm sitting doing sweet fuck all? 
I guess I could drive to Chicago. I'm not a huge, huge fan of that tournament for just the length of it. There's nothing wrong with the tournament. It's just it, it's really long, and I, and I like things to be a little more on. When do we play? Now? Good. And I always hated feeling, okay, I'm stuck in the tournament. I want to see the show. Anyway, decided I was going to go. You don't even believe me. I drove Thursday night at 3 in the morning to go to Chicago. So that's how- How long is the drive? It's about five hours? Seven, eight, nine, okay. nine after a couple of naps. I got there at like maybe 1.40 in the afternoon. I'm pretty bagged. I pull up to the driveway. I see Josh Sharp. I'm like, hey. And he's like, I'm just going to get lunch. Do you want to get lunch? I'm, I haven't even entered the building. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go get lunch. I really, I was humming on like, I, do I really want to do this tournament or not? Anyway, so we went and grabbed lunch. Here's the shocker. He paid. <laughs> Hey. It's all that movie money that's coming in. Oh, there's that too. So uh, anyway, uh, that's what decided that I, and what you're actually talking about before we get back to Expo was I was just out that way the week before in Indiana because I couldn't, this is what was on the old show that we, you didn't hear. I couldn't go to the Hamptons because the Blue Jays were blowing their playoff chances against the Seattle Mariners and that- What's supposed to say? Is this football? Baseball. So- okay. Part of my job is I cover that for our radio stations. That coincided with when the Hamptons Film Festival was. So I'm like, oh, shit. But I promised Roger, I said, if I can't go to the Hamptons, I will go to the Indiana. It's called the Heartland Film Festival. I'll go to that on a Tuesday. And I did. And they won Best in Show. And uh, like they've won a lot of awards, too. So uh, before we get back to Expo, I did get to see the pinball movie with Roger Sharp, the man who saved the game. God, is it good. Everyone said it's fantastic. And and what we suspected is a lot of people are saying, even if you're not into pinball, it's a great movie. It's a good story. It's a very nice yeah. story. Pinball is kind yep. of the backdrop. It's not really the be all and end all of the movie. It's kind of, uh, you know, it, it really is there to show Roger's passion in, in things and in all things, really. But uh, yeah, a very, very pleasant movie and hopefully everyone will get a chance to see it. It's at a lot of film festivals. Uh, so whenever you see, go to pinballfilm.com, and you can see all the film festivals and then click on the film festival because a lot of times they'll have streaming opportunities. You pay your 10, 15 bucks and you can stream it. Did people cheer in the audience when he made the shot? Um, I don't. I would have. I, 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 yeah, yeah, small pattering or whatever. I, I don't remember it being, you know, like a, uh, a, a thunderous roll. I think because we all knew, right? So, sure. but, but it was just uh, other, there were lots of laugh out loud moments. Which okay. I didn't expect it to be so funny. Holy shit, the hardcore nudity? I was not expecting that. You think his mustache is hairy. Holy. <laughs> it's the truth. There it's was none of that, that, I kid. <laughs> I kid. Well, actually, actually, when he was in New York, and this is well documented, he didn't find a pinball machine until he was walking. I have to question this. He was just occasionally, by chance, walking by an adult bookstore. Randomly. Just yep, happened to be. Yep. And, he heard, and he said, oh, I heard the, the bells and the chimes. I'm like, yeah, sure you did. That's what where, you heard. Where were they coming from? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's how he got to play pinball in New York. And then he found out it was legal. They took the machine away, all that kind of good stuff. So was there a scene in the movie where he said something along the lines of, my life is only possible because of Jeff Teolos? I'm, I'm just curious to know how many times you were mentioned in the movie seeing how important you are to his life well back in the 70s when this movie took place i was a small child and yeah, you're still alive yep mm-hmm. so yep. um no he, so, he, he there was something where he said you know there's this canadian kid pretty <laughs> pretty fucking funny kid i'm gonna keep my eye out on that kid 
Okay, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. But, oh, actually, can I tell you something that made me like, goosebumps on my arms? Sure. So Austin and Meredith. But don't, don't spoil the movie, by the way. Just, but yeah, keep going. Okay, whether or not he makes the shot. He makes the fucking shot. There's no spoiler alerts. It's a story. You know the story. That's what made the movie so good is that you already knew the story. And it was everything that was filled in between that was wonderful. The relationship with Ellen and Seth. And uh, I, I loved it. It was really, you know, his struggles in work and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I'm talking with Austin and Meredith Bragg. They are the writers and directors of this movie. They watched a lot of video and audio of Roger speaking and to hear the story, to write the film. And there was not a lot of Ellen, except, and they told me this after, a pinball profile episode I did with Ellen for Mother's Day edition. And she's kind of talking about meeting Roger and all that kind of stuff. And there's a line in the movie, I won't say what it is, and I got goosebumps when she said it because it was verbatim of what she said on pinball profile. And it just made me feel really good that... I thought thought what you were going to say was, you know, they obviously, they had no recordings, except... When she did the sponsor ad on Final Round People Podcast. Well, I, I got to send, okay, I'm going to play that right now. This is, so they made a movie called Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game. It's really good. Marty and I had a way better idea. I thought, you thought, for a TV show, it didn't happen. Here it is. In a world where one man's single action can change the course of history. We know the story of how Roger Sharp saved Pinball, but that's just the beginning. This is a man who's beaten the best, including Father Time. He's laughed in the face of COVID-19, just like he did during the Spanish flu. If the Titanic couldn't take him down when he was a teenager, nothing can. It's the new TV series everyone's talking about. Roger saves the world! See Roger utilize his skills in other areas, like when he performed miracles in the delivery room. This baby isn't breathing! Roger! We need a slap save. See Roger save everything from baseball games to saving you money on car insurance. Plus, you'll see Roger with his toughest task ever, his legacy. I'm worried. Young Josh will never grow up to be a pinball champion. Oh, Ellen, don't worry, honey. I know how we can save this. We'll just have another son. Roger saves the world. Yeah, that... that Oscar worthy right there. I guess the pinball film's fine. They made their right choice, but I'm telling you, sure. Roger saves the world. I want to see that Netflix special. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So back to expo, please. So Let's you, talk about you must've got pissed. So I ran into Raylene and Dave Hashman and danger Ray from I know. Melbourne silver ball stream who are, they're very, very funny. I've watched them several times on stream and they'll be on stream for five hours and may get in three pinball games. Oh, you are being very generous. <laughs> That's very the best generous. part of it. They're just shooting the shit. I love it. They just, they just love a good chat. They are so awesome. Uh, I'm so glad. Had you not met them before? Okay. This is like me meeting you for the first time. Mm-hmm. Me meeting you for the first time was that Papa. You came up to me. I was trying to talk to Jordan Treadway, young whiz kid. I think he won the B championships. And you came in there like a dirty shirt. Hi, hi I'm, I'm, I'm Marty. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you Jordan's dad? No, I don't care. Fucking beat it, nerd. Anyway, no, so. No, sorry. It's not much sorry. off of that. No, sorry, there is. Because I said, you're Jeff. And you went, yeah. And I went from Pinball Profile. And you're like, oh, shit. Do you listen? I'm like, yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck, that's cool. Are you Jordan's dad? 
So <laughs> that's actually how it went. So, you know, even okay. though you said I just sort of got in, I got in and paid you a compliment. So you liked me Thank immediately. You. I did. Well, okay. All right. Here's the truth. That was maybe, honestly, only six months into Pinball Profile. Like right yeah. now, right now, here we are in November of 2022. I'm now starting my seventh year of podcasting. This was going back to 2017. So I'd only been doing it for about six months. So I was shocked. An Australian. Yeah, and I, I head, head wasn't around at the time. No, that's true. So that, wow, you, you've actually heard the show. I, I was shocked. So yeah. I should have... Yep. Uh, but but again, you know, so many fucking people came up to me. I just couldn't keep track of all the fans. No, anyway. I, uh, I was just one of many listeners. <laughs> I felt like shit when you told me that after. <laughs> anyway, so have I met <laughs> Dave and, and Ray? In my mind, no. But in, in the truth is they were actually at my pinball profile world <laughs> tour event in Australia. I forget who won it. But um, mm. yeah, they were there. But they also said they came late. Sure. Okay. There were 47 people there. Yeah, okay. And I was loaded, so uh, I'm sorry I don't remember. I, I feel bad, but I said next time I come to Ozzy, uh, I'm def- we're definitely doing an event there. Oh, speaking of which, I know that that twat friend of yours, Ryan C., and mine, he, uh, he wants to hold, I guess, the Victorian State Championship there. Sure. Did you hear about this? No. Well, Dave's telling me all about this. He's like, yeah, but, you know, there's some glare on the lights. Can I get up on the – can I change some of the lighting up on your ceiling? Well, Ryan's like 5'3 on a good day. Mm-hmm. He's going to get up there and like they're super high ceilings. Yeah. It's not happening. That's an accident waiting to happen. Oh, you never know. Just hire a scissor lift for the day. <laughs> Easily get it done. But yeah, no, I've, I've been to his place and during the day, the glare is insufferable. Well, I just find it funny that, hey, can I come to your place to hold the Victorian Championships? Oh, and can I rearrange your lighting? How about... Um, yeah. Can I... Or can I change the pitch on your machines? Can I turn the tilts off? Can I, can I, it's not going to happen, man. Walk away. What a dick. Walk away. Anyway, Expo. So you got to meet see Dave and uh, Danger Ray, Ashman and Danger Ray. Wonderful. Who else, did you get, who else did you catch up with? Lots of people I haven't seen in a while. Certainly, uh, you know, the Loser Kid guys who put on an unbelievable flipping the script event and uh, raised all the money that they were trying to do to help uh, some uh, some programs uh, for young people with autism. And they were able to, I think it was 31 kids they were able to assist. Um, so Scott, Josh, by the time this episode comes out, you will have heard them on, on Pinball Profile talking a little bit about the event. Uh, kind of gross and sad what happened at the end there. I don't know. Did you hear about that? About stuff getting stolen? Yeah, a few booths. So they were out. So that's the one thing about Expo. We'll jump back to Loser Kid. The Expo this year, after 2021, which was, again, just coming off of COVID. Sorry, but thanks, Ian. Um, You know, things, it was a new facility. There were some concerns about, oh, the seminar room, it's, 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 it's separate, it's expensive, it's not included. The vendor booth and the free player are two separate and one's closed. They, they fixed everything. Like the seminars were free for everyone. The whole area wasn't divided into two. So you want to see Stern, you want to see Jersey Jack, you want to see American. Spooky was even there. You want to see Weird Al, Multimorphic was there. I got to play Fathom. Everything was all around. Of course, the the TPN guys were there right beside the uh, poor man's pinball podcast flea market, which was the funniest thing to see. It was just the the dumpiest. <laughs> it was perfect. It was right on on point. Anyway, so many good vendors, but it was all available and extended hours. So in years past, you know, you'd have to wait 
Thursday till five o'clock at night and you're like, seminars are on at 10, what am I going to do? So everything was open a lot more, extended hours on the uh, in the play area. It was really well done. So flipping the script was there. They were doing their long broadcast thanks to uh, great help from George Fisher and, and the Loser Kid guys had all kinds of guests. But they were auctioning off a bunch of their prizes and some of them actually got swiped. I know. And Brian Allen from Flyland Designs, yeah. he, his art's fantastic. He had about $2,500 worth of stuff that was taken. So it must have been on the Saturday night. My understanding is that the vendors pretty much left at 11 o'clock, but it was still open till one in the morning. So there was a two-hour window where somebody just must have backed a truck in and just went through all the vendors' stuff and just filled up a truck and left. It wouldn't take much for a couple of people to say, okay, be on the lookout, just cover, you know, two, three guys, four people, keep an eye, see anybody, and just somebody sleight of hand slipping small shit in there. And it, it's it's gross. It's disgusting. I feel sorry for the vendors because they had to work longer hours, but for the benefit of hopefully them and, and definitely for Expo and the patrons. But a lot of times, you know, if they had big displays, how do you hide it all, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you'd see blankets over top of things, but it still didn't mean things could get moved. It's sad and it's scary. And uh, Well, it's a, it's a pinball event and you just think pinball people are good people that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and we, we, had a, we had a discussion about it at Haggis and if, if we had been there, we thought about all the stuff that we would have left behind in our booth that would have gone. It would have been a lot of valuable stuff. So anyway, that was, that was a bit of a sour note. My understanding is I only had cameras on the exits, nothing in the actual hall itself. So finding who did it is going to be very difficult. I guess if you've got a lot of valuable stuff, you're probably going to have to buck up for your own security for your own booth. See, yeah, it wasn't maybe. really an issue for the big guys, the Stearns, the Jersey Jacks, Americans, and Spookies, and, and everyone was there because- People were there playing. They were playing. So, and it's not like they're selling little small knickknacks and things that can get lifted, but that's a long day. If you're just one vendor and you're your only employee and that kind of stuff, even just going to the washroom or, or getting something to eat, let alone being there from- say 10 in the morning till it was open to one, two in the morning, I think the one night. So mm. yeah, that's too bad. But again, the good story there is as they raised money and I think uh, that's a hopefully an annual thing that they do for Loser Kid Podcast. So way to go, Scott and Josh. Yeah, well done. I mentioned I played Fathom, got to play Weird Al again, which is was fun. I played, I played James Bond. Okay. I played it a few, I only played maybe one, one and a half game. I was actually playing with Keith Elwin and they were set up pretty easy. And because it's a show, right? They don't level the games and all that kind of stuff. They, they pop them in and you know, it, it's fine. You're going to get a feel, but it was uh, the one machine I was on was unfortunately just a little floaty and, and like you could never miss a shot because it was, you know, the balls weren't going as, as fast as possible. Like the layout, like the shots, like the look, uh, you know, the arts certainly got some people kind of, eh, maybe not for me, but, um, I'm giving them a pass because I haven't seen it at full code yet and and fully set up. I know I want to play it again, so that's a good sign. Yeah, feedback I've heard is again it shoots really well. It's a fun game. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Good. It looks fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure once that's all complete, that's going to be a neat one for sure. I also played Queen Pinball. Queen, yes, and Pinball Brothers. I was mm-hmm. more surprised than I thought I would be. 
And I had only seen the back glass, and I was like, eh, okay. I, I kind of, I don't know, I wanted more or something. And I guess, you know, when we look at real people and that art, we always think of Franchi, right, and the stuff he does. Well, that's kind of a pretty high standard, right? So it was fine. But when I actually looked at the play field, I was really impressed with the artwork. And the shots were pretty neat. I was actually playing with uh, Keith Johnson, funny enough, of, of Jersey Jack. We were playing a bunch of games, and that was one we stopped upon once uh, the lineup was good and we got in there. I want to play it again. I, yeah. I, I really, I, I, I'm curious. It was not anywhere near complete as far as software, and that will come. I think Joe Schober is working on that, but I'm interested. It was fun. Yeah, that's, uh, again, feedback I keep hearing is that people are pleasantly surprised at how well it plays. Yeah, and right beside it, Pinball Brothers also bought it, brought another game. Maybe a great game. It was Maybe the best game ever. What do you mean? I don't know. What game was it? It was Alien. and I've, Yeah, I've, of course. Right. Which is now number one on Pinside, top 100. Get the fuck out of here. No, it's a true story. Number one on Pinside. Once again, congratulations, inter- well, <laughs> internet voters. And stuff. jeez, it's a it's a really good game. Don't don't get me wrong. It's actually oh, yeah. a really good game. Is it better than Godzilla? Or I, I can probably name ten other games. Uh, what I like about Alien, especially at Expo, was I actually was able to see it. Sometimes, if you play it in an arcade or somewhere that's darker, it's very dark. And just being old as I am, it's hard for me to see things in the dark. I had no problem at Expo and it's shooting well. You remember the original Highway one that was like, oh, there's some kind of bugs here and there that aren't working. They're sorting those out. I did play the original Highway version and it, it shot really well. I mean, the the Xenomorph magnety thing was a little bit temperamental, but besides that, everything worked and it shot well. Yeah, they had a lot there too. So I would imagine <laughs> they had a few votes after Expo from people playing so, it. Let's put it into perspective, okay? Oh, oh, mm, oh, God. Okay, let's go. Let's go top fifteen because I'm looking at the the list here. Fifth, the, what we're saying is that Alien is better than all these games. Rushes at fifteen, Big Lebowski at fourteen, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jersey Jacks at thirteen, Metallica twelve, Lord of the Rings eleven, Twilight Zone ten, Elvira, House of Horrors nine, Monster Bash eight, Iron Maiden seven, Jurassic Park six, Deadpool five, Attack from Mars four, Medieval Madness three, Godzilla two. Alien is better than all of those games. I can easily say six of those games aren't in my top 15, maybe top 20. In mine, it's, it's all subjective. Yeah, same. I mean, Twilight Zone's there and everyone knows how much I dislike it, but it still deserves to be in the top 10 just because it's not my preference, Yeah, you know? I've always thought Lord okay. of the Rings is overrated and I know you've owned it. I think it's a great game. So no, I don't think don't I don't think it's overrated at all. No, overrated doesn't mean it's a bad game. I just I don't get that it's the be all and I do really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even though I had it and I was sick to the back teeth of it after I finished it because I only had four games, so I played it a lot. I streamed it a lot. I totally get why people love the game. It shoots really well. the The code is well. Obviously, we know it's it's deep code. But it's more than that. It's way the, oh, the, the co- way the, the game communicates Don't get me to you. Wrong. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not. It's not just the code, like the framework and how you get through the game. It's it's the callouts. It's the sounds. It's the the feedback that you get. It's the combination of everything makes it a great great game. Callouts are maybe one of the greatest. No arguments sure. there. The code is spectacular. So the layout's great. I think for me again, it's just the length of play. Like I hardly ever play that game. 
it's never in tournaments. No, but if you had that as a home game, you'd love the fact that it plays long and you get to see a lot of the code. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I, I get it. Anyway, Alien number one is my point. Jeez. <laughs> so, well, hey, good on you. Uh, hopefully, that'll help sell a few games. Yeah, I, it's pin side, right? I mean, sure. You take that with a grain of salt. I, I saw the Mandalorian topper. Oh, you actually saw it? I saw. I was with Dwight Sullivan, who uh, you and I know. I love the man. He's he's a wonderful guy. We had we had a good conversation and uh, uh, very very inspiring to say the least. Ah. Oh. So that, that stuff that uh, I, like when I think of pinball, pinball events and catching up with people, like when you say Dwight, I, I still just remember him coming to Melbourne and just having a good chat with Dwight. He's just one of the best people in pinball, really is. Well, you're right because he, uh, he's one of the most passionate people I know about his yep. craft, big time gamer. I mean, just legendary. I, I saw our buddy Joe Lemire talking to him about gaming and, and they were just having a good old laugh about, they were going deep way over my head, but you know, they, they certainly knew that side of it. And he has that kind of passion when it comes into his games. And I have said on this program, sometimes I don't understand his code and that doesn't mean it's bad. It means I guess I got to learn it. I'm going to give you a perfect example. So in this expo tournament, they had a bunch of Mandalorians and I pulled Lewis Bevins, who's from Pittsburgh, and one of the smartest people I know when it comes to rules. And I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, one of the best, um, I, I know you're, I put you in there as well, but one of the best pinball commentators. Oh, yeah. He, he is absolutely fantastic. He also has my favorite pinball laugh. If you ever see him play a game and he, yeah. and he drains, he'll laugh himself off. It, you know, I know it's probably painful that he's draining, but it's a funny, funny laugh and it makes me smile. And he's such a good spirit and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a good sport, but I know he knows rules. So I'm like, come on, teach me Mandalorian. Cause I really didn't know. I've heard the old Centalorian thing. And he kind of told me about the playfield multipliers a little bit. He told me about bringing in the modes with these multi balls and stuff. And I'm a dumb fucking guy. And mm-hmm. it, within five minutes, it clicked. I got it. To the yeah. point where if I had to choose a game with my life on the line, with Led Zeppelin there, with Rush there, with Avengers, all games I own, with Godzilla, which I love, with Jurassic Park, with G- Guardians of the Galaxy, my life on the line, I would have picked Mandalorian. Because, it because you understood what to do. Because I now knew what to do. Yeah. So that's, yep. I think, you know, when you get a, a game from Dwight and he has such a huge fan base, you know, there are always criticisms with any programmer. I like this. I don't like this, but there's some deep stuff there. And I know, as you mentioned, when he was in Melbourne, you know, he's a good guy to talk to and he listens and he asks you about things like when you had monsters. I was having a chat with him and I was basically saying my dissatisfaction with monsters and I had to leave and he goes, Hey, can we just go outside and have a chat? Have you got time? And I said, okay, I'll give you half an hour. And he literally sat there and listened to me for half an hour, me complaining about monsters. And he was just like, oh, cool. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Like, and just like taking notes. Yep. He, he doesn't need to do that. That's not lip service he if he's giving you half no, an hour. No, it's not. He's just, he, you just know he wants to be the best he can be. Well, I, I'll keep this private because it's between the two of them, but you know, Carl D'Angelo, who we certainly enjoy, you know, Carl and him have been talking about some some suggestions for things, and uh, Dwight cares. He, he listens, and yeah. uh, we've seen obviously code updates on things like uh, Ghostbusters and Game of Thrones, which we all love, and and other games. So once you learn these games, they're pretty neat. You know, I I <laughs> he rightfully gave me shit, and so he should have 
you know, as I in the past complained about Star Wars. And I do want to apologize for calling it a fucking turd because it is not a fucking turd. It's just a game I didn't understand. I'm admitting I made a mistake. I would like to learn it better. And Travis Murray is a, a friend. He's been on the show. He's given me a lot of good suggestions on Star Wars. So I shouldn't say that or any game is a fucking turd because there should be some context. It really means... I, I, Thunderbirds. <clears throat> it, well, it means I need to learn it. It means sure. <laughs> Thunderbirds is... Sure. Undeniable. Is, 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 is Thunderbirds a fucking turd? It's not the greatest code. International Rescue is a, a bit of a problem. Does it look okay? No. Looks up, yeah, it looks fine. It's, it's, yeah. Sure. sure. Is it, you know, a Spinal Tap is a game you've played. I want to play. I see it's at the Pinball Hall of Fame. It's a theme I'm, I'm dying to play. Sure. I'm hoping it's not a game I don't like, but I'm sure fucking turd that's just a little harsh mm. i gotta watch myself yeah. no and, and again with, with with star wars i've, I've said this that I, I find it a challenge in a tournament setting because you've got to learn a relatively complex navigation system through the code in such a short period of time whereas i think if i had that game at home i would love it but i also think it's it's not the code i think it's more so that it is a more brutal game than i would like it just seems to just feed those outlines more than most recent games. You've almost described exactly the one thing that drives me crazy a little bit about Star Wars. And again, it's when you have, let's say, either the ball saves on or even the rescue on the right lane. So it's basically a virtual ball save. And let's say it auto plunges your ball or, or, you, or you, you shoot your ball. I know what you're going to say. You shoot I your ball. Know you what shoot you're your say. ball and it goes in the out lane. And it immediately fires another ball. Hits the targets and out the outline again. And you have no, yep. that is the frustrating part to me. <laughs> I wish it didn't auto fire or I mm -hmm. wish it would auto fire even a half second later so that I could soft plunge it. Yeah. And, and maybe put it on the flipper. But when it's out of your control, that kind of drives me nuts. But I mentioned this to Josh. He goes, uh, you're the one who f screwed up the first plunge. Like, yeah, I guess your point. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, Fair enough. good to see Dwight. Anyway. That Mando Topper. Fuck, is it gorgeous? Uh, yeah. Is it $2,000 gorgeous? Well, let's rewind the tape a year from now when the next Topper. Is that Bond Topper worth $3,000? Well, the Mando yeah, one was only I two. Know. It's what the price is right now. So I know, I know that you're not a Topper guy. You're not a Top. <laughs> and so you, you look at these things and you go, well, I don't see any value in them. And that's that's fine. This is actually not a criticism of you. It's it's more so a talking point I'm just, around. I'm just cheap if, if you want to be the... No, no, no. It's, it's, it's more than like trying to look at this objectively. The price is the price. People have got $2,000. If they want to top it for $2,000, let them pay it. And don't make them feel bad for doing it. You know what? It's it's the market. People will buy, people will lap it up. The, the question I've got that really... Once people talk about the, the price and some people can't get over it, the thing they then talk about is the fact that it's got exclusive modes with the topper. And my question to you is, do you see that as a problem that you can only get certain modes if you buy a topper? Go for it. I think that justifies part of the cost if you're getting something extra. Yes! Oh my God. So I, <laughs> we've done had this conversation. I'm, I'm the same. I think, well... You know, if you're paying $2,000 for a topper and it's got some extra modes in as well, that makes the topper more appealing and it also makes $2,000 more appealing. 
The flip of it is people that don't want a topper and they feel like they're missing out on some modes. Dwight showed me some things that I don't think people have realized yet on that Mando topper. Like, I just like the visual aspect of it. I like the foundry aspect. I like the visuals. The Obviously, the hologram is spectacular. <laughs> Dwight goes to me, so is this as good as the Black Knight topper? And I said, oh, you're, you're, I said, that's a, that's a pretty amazing topper. That kind of really changed toppers. And also keep in mind, before I'm answering him, you know, it's, it's up there. It's 1A, 1B. That Black Knight topper was probably only 400 bucks. That's the difference. If they're both mm. $2,000, I'll take the Mando topper. Do you know what I'm saying? So if it's if yeah, it's apples I to think apples, Black Knight was a thousand, wasn't it? It's a lot. Uh, no, it was under five. It was definitely under five hundred bucks. I remember being at the really, Expo, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, for the Black Knight topper with the moving yeah. Black Knight. Well, I just like that he laughed. He looked no. at the back. It was not as it definitely wasn't over a thousand. No way, man. The first one I that went over a thousand. The first one that went over a thousand was Elvira. Okay, Star Wars wasn't even that much. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. I, they they went crazy after that. And the funny thing was, they only made so many of the Black Knight ones. So there was that aspect of it too. Anyway, 1A, 1B, I did say to Dwight, I said, if I have to pick three, if I don't, I have a Zeppelin LE. I don't even have that, which is a very cool topper. Don't have it. Won't, won't buy it. Again, part of being cheap, but it just doesn't do anything for me. There's no modes. There's nothing extra to it. But if I had to pick three toppers of all time, my three toppers would be, it's Black Knight. That's pretty cool. I would put Mando in there. And the Chicago version of... Uh, Attack from Mars is pretty decent. Yeah, those are my three. Yep. Those are the three that make me go. That's something I can. I, I like looking at. Yeah, Batman's pretty cool, but it's it's just plastic. It's got a cool light. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think that um, the Attack from Mars one is just. It just looks. It looks like you're getting a lot for the money with that, just because it has the chunky figurine. That figurine looks money. Whereas whether you've got others that might have better lighting effects, they are just. Acrylic with that it's been printed with some light shows. Yeah, and that's why when I again you look at the the Black Knight, it's got animatronic Black Knight, and then when you look at the Mandalorian, it, it's a hologram. Okay, which if we're honest, if we're honest, hologram technology is not expensive. But here's what it is. Here's the magic. The magic is what looks like it's worth a shitload of money doesn't really cost a lot of money. And what you're not seeing there is obviously the program yes, that goes into probably, the, the yeah. hologram, right? That's money. But hologram technology itself is not all that expensive. There, He was showing me things with the Insider Connect and it was showing you, like it would show you stats on there, on the hologram, mm. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I thought that was neat. But um, anyway, I liked it a lot. I, I also want to give a shout out to another topper that, uh, it, does it do anything? No, it just looks cool. I really like the Stranger Things one. Oh, yeah, that does look good. I must say that does look good. I mean, who doesn't love inf- infinity mirrors or lights or whatever they're called? I, I, I've always liked them. What's that game, God, yeah. Gods of War? Or have you ever seen that big old game, Gods of War? Is that go- Mar- go- Mars, God of War? What is, that the yeah, that's probably it. Yep. That's a cool one. Yeah. Even Space Invaders, few. which is a shitty game. Yeah, you know, Space Invaders. Eh, nothing great. But that's Xenon? Has Xenon got one as well? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe some <laughs> customs do, but... Uh, Anyway, mm, those are fun. Okay. Anyway, it's a great topper. I'm not going to tell anybody to go out there and buy it. I'm not going to tell anybody that you shouldn't buy it. If it were me and I had a Mandalorian, I would 100% get that topper at that price. I think I would too. Yeah. And it also just aesthetically fits the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some toppers. It integrates. It does. So. Yep. Yep. 
Ah, well done. I think Stern will give us a cut us a check for that endorsement. I expect the delivery driver to be at mm-hmm. my door any second now saying, here is your free topper and a Mandalorian machine to go with it. Hey. So. If you don't ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing I didn't do at Expo and... Every time I see this, I'm like, fuck, I got to do that one of these days. It's not exactly at Expo. It takes place during Expo. It's about 45 minutes to an hour away. But every time I see it, I'm like, holy cow, what am I missing? Can I guess? Can I guess what it is? Go ahead. Pinball Olympics. Yes. Oh, my God. I was watching a video of it a couple of days ago. I've, I've, I, like you, have always wanted to do it. I feel, I mean, I haven't followed it every year, but I feel like they've, added new things this year and I feel that it is even fucking more bonkers than it's ever been before. Can you explain to people what the Pinball Olympics is for those people that don't know? In a nutshell, if you want to play pinball, you have to jerk off an Elmo. Oh my God, (laughs) you do. You actually do or you have to put your hand in someone's, in in a butt. Yep. So. Oh my God. Does that not have final round written all over it? It really does. I'm surprised we haven't been sponsoring this event. You think we're trying to be funny? We're not. I looked at some of the images. They're online. And where you think you would have to flip a flipper, no. There is Elmo with either a James Bond toy on that or a massive dick. <laughs> and that's that's what you got to pull to move the flippers. And then there's, yep. uh, in years past, they've had Xenons where you... Just Google it, all right? I, I, I'm just look up Pinball Olympics. Some of them, uh, there's just, one where you're in like a, a machine that's got like, um, has all the, it's like a, like a wind machine that's throwing all these balls on top of you, like those little round ball pit balls on you. There's one where you've got to lie under the play field and look up to a mirror that's showing yep. the play field. There's one where you've got the tilt bob on your head on a helmet. So if you move, it tilts. You know who would be good at Pinball Olympics? What's that? Ryan C. Think it like because there's one that has flippers where you have to stick your fingers inside fleshlights. Well, he's been doing shit like that for years. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got an advantage like, over everyone. World champ, give him the medals now. Yep, yep. just hilarious. Hilarious. So I, oh, if I if I was going to Expo, I would totally do the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Just letting you so know. So that's that's uh, and it sells out, and uh, it's all the tacos you can eat, and and they got lots of booze and stuff. It's it's fun. So there's that, and there's this thing called Whirly Ball. Have you heard of that? Whirly ball? No. Todd McCulloch, seven foot Canadian, former basketball player, lives out in the West Coast, operator now. We all know him and love him. Guest on this show. Has the same birthday as me. Ginger even. He goes to Expo. Biggest man there. And also the biggest kid there because he does all these kind of fun things. You know, he's a great player too. Doesn't even touch the tournament. Screw it. I'm doing whirly ball, which is bumper cars, basketball, uh, just this crazy sport. That's on the Thursday and then Pinball Olympics. I mean, he was, <laughs> this is a guy who's actually been to the real Olympics in Sydney of all places. And he's walking around Expo with five Pinball Olympic medals around him the whole time. <laughs> like the wow. proudest man could be. Oh, it was, it was good. So yeah, that's something to do. Pinball Olympics. So what would you say was your highlight of Expo? I am glad I went because it's good to see the people. That was what it was really came down to. You know, chance to see a lot of people. And the reason I wasn't going, Marty, is because you weren't going. That's why, like, like if you ever come to... where wasn't reason enough, obviously. I'm just saying, the point is, if you come to anywhere in the States or Canada, I will meet you there because that's a long way to go. It's the least I can do. So that was kind of... 
Yeah. That is true. You did say to me if you were going, if I was going, it's, not, it's a done you deal. You would definitely go. A, yeah. So no, I get that. So if Anne didn't say to me, "Yeah, I'm going away for the weekend," I was, I was not going. I was gonna. There was a tournament I was gonna play here locally. I was just like, ah, I don't have to go to Expo. Kind of glad I did. You haven't even seen this. Go on to uh, ifpapinball.com right now. Just you haven't even seen this yet. Mm. Okay. Okay. Where am I and going? do it quickly because th- things could change very quickly. Click under the word country. Where am I going first? IFPPinball.com. If you were a tournament player like you once were, you would know that. It would be on your bookmarks on the front of your page. <laughs> Click country. It's going to show Australia first. But scroll down to a little country known as Canada. Yeah. Have you done it? You're number one. Number one in the country, my friend. And I'm only bragging about it now because it's not going to last. So look really quickly. But then click on my name and look at how I did at that little pinball expo tournament. And what did we talk? Oh, what did we? 60 points. 60 fucking points for coming in fourth wow. in a classics tournament. Well, actually, you know what? That classics tournament that you came second in the UK, it was worth 50 points. Which was my biggest so, haul ever until expo. Yeah. And, by okay. the, and yeah, number one got 60 points. So yeah, that's worth a lot of points. I had to, to get in the top four. Guess who I had to beat? Oh, he's going to, and he listens to the show as soon as it comes out. It's going to drive him nuts. Beat him two straight games. In, in the, the UK. In the Classics Tournament at Expo. Raymond Davidson. Sorry, Ray Day. <laughs> I joked about, give me big game. They didn't have it. Didn't need it. Went, I don't even remember what I picked. I think uh, Stargazer and maybe 8-Ball Deluxe or I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Probably, I know what, I do know what it was. It was a space shuttle. Uh, and Stephen Bowden won that. Oh, he kicked, he so. kicked ass too. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I bet he did. He's a good classics player. He's a good player, period. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, that was, a, that was a big haul and something I was very excited. So I'm glad I went to Expo. Um, favorite thing about Expo? Definitely the people. Rob Burke, congratulations. Sure. No, no. Oh, the people. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Right. Obviously. We know that, right? If you listen to the current episode of Pinball Profile, I say exactly. You'll that. have to tell me. Well, it, it is no. yet. <laughs> it is. It, it, I mean, it, it is out uh, just after. Okay. It's not out but when we record this. It's out before we released it there. The homebrew section. Yes. The, okay. The homebrew section blows me away. I wish I could spend I, more time there. I... Uh, in fact, I'm looking at it right now because I actually had it bookmarked. I've just been looking at some of the photos from the homebrew section. These games are incredible. Like they look like production games. Yep. Some of them. Well, but even, even uh, oh, and I'm going to boot the name. It starts with a D. It's a Japanese name. I can't remember. I'm not even going to try to boot it. It's it, Carl D'Angelo said it was his favorite thing about Expo. It was this game... Total Whitewood game, no graphics on it whatsoever. Three spinners, multi-ball, just unique shots. It had like a Spanish eye pop bumper in the bottom. Oh, was, yes. So, yes, I've seen videos of it. Yep, looks great. It is, but it, it was. I mean, to shoot it. It was it, like Dykeshu or like something that, like that. That's it. And I'm not even going to try to say the name because I haven't heard it said, so I'm not going to be able to <laughs> pronunciate it at all. So anyway, yeah, that was great. Elf was fun as hell they had all these toys on this elf game uh there was this game called greek gods that had well if you listen to pinball profile it reminded me a lot of celts oh. so the it had the center kind of um i want to say ipad size screen where it had all that yep. information but it did something unique on ball three 
If you scored over 30,000 points, that screen actually became transparent and you could see an underworld play field underneath it. Ooh, it was fucking okay. so cool. So, wow. so yeah, that was, uh, it was a surprise. You're like, holy shit. And then, of course, the Dukes of Hazard game from Jake Danzig. Yes. It won Best in yep. Show, Best Homebrew. And you think, well, is that a homebrew? Because if you look, it's Paragon. It is Paragon, yeah. But it's obviously done completely different artwork and totally, totally different rules, including multi rolls. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that was, uh, I know Jake had a lot of help from uh, the Helms in Arizona and uh, it played so good too. Can I just say something? Now that I do art in pinball mm-hmm. as the creative director mm-hmm. or whatever, what I've seen in the past is when people do, it is a retheme effectively of Paragon. Usually I look at it and I go, huh, the art seems a bit hobby-ish. <laughs> Have you noticed that with a lot of, and I'm not talking about the ones that are Whitewoods, that's fine, they haven't got art. But sometimes when they put, they do put art on it, it seems a bit hobby-ish. Uh, this Dukes of Hazard doesn't. It looks like it, like people will go up to them and go, oh, I didn't know that they released a Dukes of Hazard game before. I've got a buddy who is a massive Dukes fan. Like he has an actual General Lee. He has an actual cop car. He has Daisy Dukes Jeep. He has more money than brains. <laughs> but he has, he's, he's a huge collector, right? And I showed him this pinball machine. He just lost his shit. Where can I buy it? I'm like, nah, it's one of one. You know, cut him a check. Maybe you can get it, but it's it's special. And you talk about the artwork. Hey, in 2022, they were very careful to remove the offensive Confederate flag that was on the top of the General Lee. They didn't paint it out. It's just never seen. So I thought that was a, a good artistic choice here in 2022. Sure. A- avoiding just controversy. something yeah. that could be problematic. Well, yep. yeah, exactly, right? So, I mean, I think... I don't know if they've digitally altered that on uh, on reruns of the shows. I, th- I think there was talk of it, but uh, anyway, it, it is what it is. It was it was what was back in 1979 or 83 or whenever that show aired. But um, uh, yeah, just uh, would it would be a very shocking thing to see in 2022, and they uh, they avoided that. Sure, good on them. Fucking so, awesome. You know these homebrews, and one thing at Expo is you see all these wonderful mods. From anywhere. I mean, there's so many great places. Measle Mods, one I've been very close to uh, for a long time. I love when they mod up games. Like, there's this company, and I'm going to fuck up their name. I think they're called Great American. I'm sorry if I get it wrong, but they have a black and white version of Adam's Family. Yes. And a black and white version of Twilight Zone that are just gorgeous to look at. You wouldn't think it would be, but it just pops. It's, It's spectacular. But all the mods and things they have on these games, and... I noticed this when I was in the UK and playing Neil McRae's legendary Iron Maiden game with all disco music. Yep. And he told me he gets in shit when he streams it because of the, in this case it's Stern, but it's anybody, that end user license agreement, EULA, that we all, when we buy a game, we, we sign off and... It says if you mod up a games or change this and that, it, well, you know, they, there's always that fear, oh, they're going to brick the game on code updates and stuff like that. But I get that any company, in this case Stern, you know, they're selling the game and, and they're promising the license holders that these games won't be altered. If you're buying a Rush game, you're getting Rush music. If you're buying Zeppelin, you get Zeppelin. But he put on these incredible, funny disco songs and even changed the mode names too. Like they've got the disco names in there. 
he gets in shit whenever that streams. But when you buy the game and it leaves, I mean, I think of buying a car. I mean, people mod up games, change the rims, change the stereo, all this kind of stuff. Isn't it the same? Am I missing something? Um, yes, I think you're missing what's necessarily in the agreements because there are some agreements that say you cannot alter the visuals of certain things. But people change translates. People add mods. I mean... Yeah, they do. But I, I, yeah. I mean, look, I think about it with with cars and maybe we had talked about this on the um, mystery episode that went missing. (laughs) Expo. Um, Was that Dead Mouse, that producer, musician. Canadian. Okay, cool. So Celine Dion, Justin Bieber, (laughs) Glass Tiger. Go on. Um, He bought a Lamborghini Huracan and he changed he put uh, he did a new paint job and there was a there was a meme called the Nyan or Nyan Cat or whatever it was and he actually changed the badge from Lamborghini to something else and Lamborghini Lamborghini sent him a cease and desist and he had to change it back really because it's in their agreement yep 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 really so yeah is it because he, d- he's who he is and high profile and and people will see that. I, yeah, I would say if anybody else did it, they probably wouldn't know about it. But because he did and he posted it up on social media everywhere, they're like, nah, sorry, you can't do that. Wow. Yeah. Because he signed it, they could, I'm just trying to find out what recourse there could be. <laughs> That's right. He called it the, the Nyan Bagini Purakan, as in Pur, Purakan. Anyway, yeah, sorry. What, are they going to take the car back? Are they going to? I think they can. T- no, I don't know. Like, again. What kind of action can they do? I mean, with with these pinball machines, you run the risk of software updates not working or or just lack of service, certainly voiding warranties. I get that. I, I totally get mm-hmm. that. You mod up a game and you're messing with the warranty. That's not in question here. But, you know, once a game's gone and let's say it's been a few years, you want to fix it up? Well, I mean, again, it comes down to things like, well, Jurassic Park, for example, where people have put movie assets into the game. They did that with now, Guardians too. And they did with Guardians. Well, they had the video assets. They put the audio assets. Oh, that's right. That. Yeah. Um, so it really comes down to how much, do you know what? It comes down to return on investment or return on effort. So if someone bought a pinball machine and did that, if the company, the, the license holder wants to go somebody for it, what are they going to get back? And is it worth their time you know, like, is it worth their time stopping somebody or do they just turn a blind eye? If everybody did it, then there'd be a problem. If Stern did it against their license agreement, then there'd be a problem because Stern is much bigger. Well, see, that's and, what I don't understand because Stern, and again, we're just using them as an example. Everyone has it. But how could Stern get in trouble from from Iron Maiden because this guy put disco music in it? Um, I just believe, well, it just, again, it depends on what contracts are in place and what the wording of the contracts are. There might be some onus on Stern to maintain the integrity of the license. And, you know, they are a vehicle to put that license out into the public under, you know, a different medium. So maybe there is some responsibility, you know, Mm -hmm. like the, the license holder is trusting Stern to, to do a particular game and perhaps they have to police it. It might be part of the agreement. It might not. I don't know the extent of these agreements. I don't think anyone's ever seen them. I think it falls under all things pinball. If people want to 
dress up their pinball machine. Cust- I, I was over at the Pins House. I mean, the custom toppers they had on that thing, oh, those things were spectacular. Their Guns N' Roses one should be the Guns N' Roses topper. Yep, but there's no money that's exchanged hands. If, if you then try to make that a commercial product, then there's a problem. Okay, so at the Twippies Awards, for example, you know, Stern's collecting all their awards, JJP, American Haggis, uh, all these people are available for awards, Spooky. But one of the awards they give out at the Twippies is Best Mods. Do they leave the room when that happens? Oh, we can't have we can't have mods. This is terrible. You well, know what no, I mean? they no, 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 no. Like they they do have mods, but I don't think they have unauthorized mods on the list. You know, they pin stadiums or well, pin stadiums. There's no licensing issue there. Is there? And well, if you've got a shooter game? rod, mm, yeah, but it's not. You're not having to alter the game. You're adding something to it, but it's not altering the game. Like you're not actually having to work. On the game? Shoot a rod, you're changing part of the game, something physical on it. Yeah, if that's licensed, fine. But I don't think you'll find, you know, somebody that's done a, oh, I can't even think of an example. People but I saw somebody that did did a like a, a Indiana Jones hat and put it on the shooter rod for... Indiana Jones? In, in, yeah, in, I'm just, my head's just going, I was just thinking about the mods that, that I've put on my Wizard of Oz, for example. So there was the... The red smoke witch mod, mm-hmm. which changes the actual shape of the, the witch and takes it out from being in a, uh, an acrylic cylinder to being in like a cage. Okay. I think it's been ages of some machine. And there's also got, they've got these Oz letters that O and Z that go above the, the lanes. I don't know whether they are licensed or not. I would guess they're not. That's third party stuff. But again, shooter rods, flipper bats for even... Like Deadpool. I've played so many Deadpools where they've got these great um, ninja stars on top of the pop bumpers. That didn't come from Stern. These are all third-party things. And, and they, yeah, but, uh, but, but, but is, a, is the shape of a ninja star a copyrighted image or trademarked image, whatever it is? But again, I think it, it voids the end-user license agreement. Hey, my pop bumper isn't working. Oh, sorry. I see you've uh, added this. I, I'm giving a, a vague example, but... Well, it, I think it's more of an... It's a bit of an extreme example, really. Like, again, it comes down to how much effort will it take to turn that around and what's in it for Stern? Why would they? They would only do it if a license holder told them to, I would imagine. I think it's Pin Browser where you can... I've always wanted to change like three songs on my ACDC machine. How Dirty Deeds yep. didn't make it. Uh, you know, I'd love to have that on or, or maybe remove some of the uh, Rock and Roll Train or whatever the far right one is, uh, War Machine. Put some more Bond Scott songs on, whatever. I haven't done it and I know a lot of people that have because I thought, uh, I don't want to brick my machine. You know, and I'm afraid of doing that, but I would like the machine a lot more if I could change the songs. So is maybe software the bigger concern with the end user license agreement as opposed to shooter rods and flipper bats and and pop caps and things like that? What do you think? I think if you're using a third party piece of software to alter the code, that's a problem. Yeah. Don't you think? Sure. Sure. Take that outside of the pinball world. If I if I find something that can hack into Microsoft like Word or oh, Excel, yeah. it's got that stuff's gonna be like, but you know what I mean? Like it, it there's a line you cross where you are effectively intentionally, willfully altering something. 
as opposed to just doing a little bit of a trinket that goes on the top of a pop bumper. Where do color DMDs fall? Not quite programming? Because I think they look great on older machines. I have one on my- But but it's also saying, what about upgrading your speakers? You know, where is this line? We just don't know where this line is that you could possibly cross to get into any sort of problem. And I still say the same thing. It comes back to the return on effort. That's a good point. You know, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said on a podcast before, but um, when I was in the UK, I went, I had a, spent a day with Mark Silk and I went to his place in Birmingham and he's got a great collection. Of course, uh, he's just one of the most talented people we know and, and he was at Expos, so he got to see a lot of people there. But he has a Star Wars home pin with maybe the greatest sound system I ever heard. And I know Jerry Thompson might have been at his place too and, and <laughs> might have remarked, holy <laughs> shit, like what have you done? And there's this there's this guy in, I, I can't remember his name, I want to say Pinball Phil or um, somebody in Birmingham who just is uh, a god when it comes to upgrading games. And, and I'm all for it. That's my whole point. This whole discussion is maybe you have to put in the end user. Maybe you have to put in the end user license agreement there just to say to the licensees, "Hey, look, we got in there. We we did our part, but after it's sold, we can't, you know, maybe that's that's all it's in there, but I want to see It's li- yeah, it's liability. I it's basically yeah. Stern Stern have said, "You've been told you're not to do this. So, if you do it, then it's on you." So, I, I remember there was I don't know whether they're still around, but there was somebody that did provide a service to change the music in a game. And I believe his way around it was you needed to provide him with the music and you needed to own the music. Oh, I know who it is. I don't know if we should say it, but uh, I know I definitely know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Might also be a Canadian. <laughs> right. I may have met him and he's a freaking super nice guy. Anyway. Holy shit. Almost an hour and 20 minutes before edits. I know, right? We should get out while the getting's good. I don't think we fucked this one up. I think... Uh, yeah, I've got the rest of a public holiday to enjoy. Okay. And b- before you ask, yes, it's because of a horse race. I just don't understand how you have a public holiday on a Tuesday. The only time we have a holiday that is not on a Monday or a Friday in Canada Day is July 1st. Canada Day. Um, I think your... Does your Australia Day... Is it always January 27th or is it always the first Monday? Uh, the last... Uh, January 26th. Oh, 26th? Okay. Is it always that date? Yeah. Always? Yep. Okay. So it doesn't matter what day it falls on. It could be a Wednesday. But, That's but right. you have a holiday today because of a horse race on a Tuesday? Correct. Explain. Now, I'm not sure, but that's why I'm frantically working it out. I believe it's the first Tuesday in November. But why? Because it's a... Uh, Horse race. Don't you guys also have like the AFL, the day of that final? You have you have a day off. Correct. Too? Holy Correct. mother. Yep. So, do you know what? It's it's it, it's interesting. I mean, the the grand final public holiday is controversial in itself. Melbourne Cup is even more controversial because of the fact that there's animals that usually now it's two twenty. So I don't even know what time it's on. I think it's it's either on now. Or it's going to be on at some stage. But usually, oh, I shouldn't say usually, but a lot of the years that this has been on, horses have been put down after the race. Ooh. So it's quite a controversial public holiday. Yikes. And I think there's a there's a like a hashtag stop the cup thing. So hmm. and it is. It's the first Tuesday in November. So that's why it's today. 
I've seen hashtag sniff the cup, but I think that was something different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was something Ryan sent to me. And, that was something, other uh, cup that you're talking about. Okay, you want to reach us. Are we still on Twitter? Are we still going to do Twitter? Are we going to get all our notes? We're not going to shut it down, <laughs> but we just, no, we just don't do anything with it. Really, it's email us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. Final Round Pinball Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And it's at Final Round Pin on Twitter. Sounds like you can reach us. When you reach out to us, there's a good chance we will make another episode. You don't? There's a good chance we'll say, go to hell. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Yep. So reach out to us, please. Reach around. <laughs> I did think about maybe, maybe doing that again. It's a, it's like a 20% thought. I'd love to do it, but I, it has to be perfect. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things with the amount of effort that went into it. It's really probably taking two years for you to forget about the pain to even consider it. Why do you think I said no to hosting the Twippies? You know what I mean? Like I was like, I know what it was like to do the reach rounds. That was just audio. I mean, to do a proper, proper job of the Twippies. And I've been fortunate enough to be asked a couple of times. I just thought, uh, first of all, I'm in the tournament. So I would have to devote a lot more time to outside of the tournaments, which is not really what I want to do. Um, maybe when my tournament days are done, maybe if, if they still give a shit, but by then I'll be long gone or dead. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was, it's nice to be asked. Although Marty, you and I doing it, that would be a different story. Oh, mama. Oh, <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Well, you thought jerking asked, off Elmo so was bad. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel after many years of doing the twerpies, I, I think I've been permanently banned. So. Oh, the tw- fuck. I love that. That was so much I know. Fun. I know. That was. So but I still, someone, someone who worked the other day who found out that I did podcasts saying, oh, so I, I mentioned that I did head to head and find around. And they said, so if I was going to start, which episode would you recommend? And I said, the Chris Granner episode from head to head, my, my favorite, uh, and the reach arounds for final round. Easily. Really? Yep, that's what I said. I said, you, you will just not find a better produced podcast, certainly in pinball, but certainly in a lot of podcasts. That was the amount of effort that went into that show. I'm going to tell you a story. So we, we do not ask. I think I get emailed or I, I don't know if it's sent to pinball profile or final round or whatever. Dennis Creasel sends us the stats on downloads for the shows. And you and I both don't give a shit at all. We, we assume two people. Maybe three. Yep. He sends it to us and it shows all the stats of all the shows. So now it's fucking open. Now I got to look. And the one I was curious about was the reach rounds because of how much effort was put into that show. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess people don't care. <laughs> no. So, so anyway, that once 20% will do it again is now down to 15%. <laughs> As I'm reminded of that. <laughs> All right, I got some Halloween. But if candy. you want, if you want us to bring it back, please email Fuck us that, at no. pinball at gmail.com. Attention, Jeff Teolis. <laughs> no, but hey, it's good to do this again. And again, this show is going to be released, unlike the last one. Oh, what was said? You'll never know. Click here to find out. All right, Marty, take care. Thanks, everybody. We will speak again to you soon-ish, possibly. No, no, no. Look, if we don't do a show by now, I'm sure there'll be a head-to-head before Christmas, so you'll get your Marty oh, fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get your Marty yeah, fixed. Time. For sure. Thanks, everyone. Later.